Oh, hi. How are you? You know, I'm, I'm glad you came back. You know, back uh, last time, my voice was all croaky and froggy and such, and uh, I began really gruffly with a lot of trepidation, but now I am so much more pleased. Um, this is still the Jefferson Avenue. Oh, excuse me. Haven't been a lot of customers for a while, so I haven't been speaking very much. As you can see, um, only one table has been occupied, and that is you. You are my first and only customer this evening. I had a customer this morning. Uh, I, I won't say much about the fellow, but his name is Bill Daggett, and uh, he likes to have a drink every morning. I don't think he's an alcoholic. Um, he just likes to drink uh, when the day starts. Otherwise, you won't be able to face the hardships, uh, which I, I don't. I don't condemn such a thing. Matter of fact, uh, I've never drank any alcohol before in my life. I'm curious of how it feels to drink, what it's like. I'm curious to know what effect it would have on my brain. Uh, my brain, <laughs> mom said, I, I came out drunk. I came out like a goddamn drunkard like my father. Uh, she uh, Strange because they had a wonderful relationship both in front of us and I think they had a very, very rich private relationship. Uh, that's only a suspicion of mine, though. I don't want to... I don't want to think too much about that. Because, as Freud said, that's gross. That's... The, the idea of the sexual relationship of your parents is forbidden to the nascent mind. You know, you you are uh, you are smirking right now. You are sneering at me, but you don't know if he didn't say that. Now, I I may sound sure of myself, and it is certainly possible that you've read all of his works, all of his notes. You've sat in on all of his meetings too. Somehow you set up recording there. You may be a time traveler, but. You couldn't have been there every moment of his life since his first words. He may have said such things as a child when no one in Germany, I believe, at that time suspected him to be the father of modern psychology. Now, I just revealed a bit of my own ignorance there. He's not the father of modern psychology. Not anymore that... Isaac Newton is the father of modern physics. Nope, they are both fundamentally wrong. Though they got a few things right in the elliptical fashion. Now, the elliptical fashion could also be used to describe what you wear when you are used, doing a low-impact cardiovascular workout with an ellipsis, I believe it's called. When you get on the ellipsis and you simulate the motions of a man riding a horse. Now, 
One may say, well, that's because the Mongolians invented the ellipsis. True. Very true. They invented ellipsis. They invented uh, yogurt. They invented modern warfare. They are the fathers of modern warfare, which is a sad irony because none of them have an Xbox. And never will, because any sort of charity that would provide an Xbox would fall short of the basic necessities. They'd see an Xbox in their yurt and say, well, why don't you spend that money on food or, or kefir? kefir? Why, why are you spending that on such non-necessities? Well, life is not merely for existing. We live for our own purpose, or for someone else's, usually for someone else's. But we don't live just to live, do we? No, that's what animals do. That's uh, everything a, uh, a grasshopper does is merely to continue existing. And even yet, it's not. It's to have its own species continue not just itself. A grasshopper will jump right into a fire just so that its egg sacs will break open and allow its children to escape. You know, the, from the ashes of the grasshopper comes the grasshopper nymphs. And when the fire nymphs come, well, you don't want to be in a campsite. They say those are embers. I say those are the the origin story of the fairy myth, the fire fairies. Now, I have been losing a bit of my business. You can see that right now, just looking at yourself sitting down there at the table, the lone customer here. And I notice you haven't ordered any uh, of this uh, Mac Adams beer yet. I'll uh, ask you to do that shortly. You know, this is uh, why I keep this place open. But i uh, go back to it. The reason I've been losing some of this business is a pub across the street known as Fire Fairies. Now, I often look across the street and think, what does Fire Fairies have that I don't? Well, they have quite a bit. And it's obvious. Me, I got, I got a poster of an oat. And I got some photos that I found in my parents' house. But... I do not have what those gentlemen have, and it's just wonderful costumes, wonderful, beautiful costumes. Every waiter wearing angel wings tipped with silver. They're all wearing mascara. They're all beautiful, beautiful men. And I myself, well, I, I say things in the mirror to myself. I say, you are beautiful, you are delightful, but... I'm reminded that that is merely something to protect myself from myself. Because I will destroy myself eventually. <laughs> I will not let anybody else destroy me. No, that, that stays with me. That right remains right in my quiver. That's how I describe my rights, actually. Every one of my rights is an arrow in my quiver. Because every one of my rights is used to disrupt someone else's right. 
every single right I have, as soon as I exercise it, someone else loses their own quiver or own arrow from quiver because there's all there's a finite amount of arrows in the world. Thank goodness, am I right? I'm glad that it's, this isn't uh, some Chinese movie where there's the sky is just full of arrows. Everybody's having rights. Now that's true freedom. That's true freedom when you have an army of archers shooting arrows at other people. But there is a specific case of this. I have every right to kill somebody. Now you might say that's not in the Constitution, but it is in some vague, non-specific form. I have the right to kill some people in certain contexts. If someone's pointing a gun at me, I can kill them. But that person, even though they're pointing a gun at me, they still have the right to live. That arrow is suspended between us like a ghost is holding it. And the ghost isn't sure which way it should go. That ghost that is fate doesn't know which one it likes better. And I, me, the one who will decide my own destruction, I will beckon that ghost to me and say, bring that arrow right into my sternum. Crack it through, break it open, send those shards of bones right into my protoplasm. Let the, let the humor burst from my eyeballs. All the hair will shoot out of my follicles and then the, the ichor will issue forth. And then I'll be halfway dead. You know why it is? That's old age right there, brother. Brother man, that is... Oh, brother, that is old age. That is the breaking down. Have you noticed that despite the fact that I am technically a man, I already have breasts? I know. That is something that people want to point out to me, but... Uh, well, that propriety. <laughs> people stop short just because of that propriety. And I'm glad of it. I think if people pointed that out, I would not be all that pleased to hear. I would, I'd commend their honesty, but then I would say, well, you don't need to be that honest. I knew, I knew I have breasts. I know, and occasionally, my mind will go to a strange land in which I pretend that they are women's breasts. Oof, no, no, that, I don't do that, no. No, no, my boy, no. No, brother, no. I don't do that. There are people who do that, though. There are people, men specifically in this case, maybe women, but I don't th think that fits the parameters of this hypothetical construct. There are men who look at their own breasts in the mirror and say, these are the breasts of a lady. Oh, my, yes. And there are women who look at the breasts of men and say, let me pretend you are a lady. Because that's what I like. And that is a sad case. That woman has found the wrong partner. Or she found the perfect partner. My God, we are all, humanity is just a menagerie.
like the episode of Star Trek called Menagerie, which I have not seen. That episode to me is uh, merely represented by a preview picture of an alien that has a face that resembles uh, vodka sauce, pasta vodka sauce. And let me tell you, brother, oof, um, any sauce to me is vodka sauce. You put vodka in any dish, I think it increases its market value 10,000 hundredfold. Oh, do you hear that? That's the alarm clock. That is the alarm clock telling somebody that the security of their car has been compromised. And uh, my wife jokes around sometimes. She says, oh, no, I hear a car alarm. Let's go, uh, let's stop that thief. I rebuke her for this. I say, well, hold on now. That hold easy there. Someone's car might actually be, be broken into. Let's not joke. But then I don't do anything. So, really, she's the right one in that one. In that in that one thing, you got to realize that when you forget all the vowels in your quiver of rights, that your speech will be limited. You won't be able to describe anything. You won't be, even be able to think of anything. Your thoughts will be so limited because the tiny man speaking inside your head will be a, just a, a dumb as hell. Dumb, dumb man. I could have described that more eloquently, but the dumb man in my head was just a dumb, dumb man. Now, you see, the rest of this podcast is just going to be me just yammering like a like a, a chicken in a filthy coop all by itself just to hear its own voice because it's locked up because it's, um, this is a new type of foie gras. Specifically made by chickens. And that's why I didn't say foie gras, I said foie gras. Because that is an ancient um, Indo-Frankish word for chicken. That was before Charlemagne the Frank. He had tremendous foie gras, and it was, uh, because besides being a conqueror, he was a experimental chef. He delighted in torturing animals before cooking them and eating them. I didn't say kill them because he shrank from the idea of killing. Oh, no. It's like squashing a bug. Have someone else do it. Have your husband do it uh, in the middle of the night when you see a cockroach on a wall. No. I, he, he put it in the pot and let its death be incidental. Which, you are killing that thing, Charlemagne, just as I kill myself every day, slowly. I have put myself in this pot on purpose. And other people in my life, I've put them in the pot right alongside myself. Right alongside my life. We're sitting together in this hot tub that has carrots and onions floating in it and a bone just one bone floating in there. My God, it's a bone. It's a femur bone of a basketball player. 
I don't know how that got in there. Someone, someone murdered somebody. But unfortunately, this, uh, this gigantic diabolic chef that placed us here, this big fat mancubus with horns and a chef hat was chopping up onions and uh, live squirrels to throw in the pot. He didn't realize that you need a bone that has connective tissue on it and bone marrow. Nah, he just, he, he defiled a grave to get that bone. Uh, that's not right, uh, Mancubus. No, you need to take the bone right out of the living cow. You need to shrink your fingers down, go between the skin cells, and remove that bone. Otherwise, this, um, this soup that is our collective fates, it won't taste very good. It won't be greasy. It won't be rich. It'll be uh, dreadfully vegetarian. Now, I, I lament being a vegetarian very much every day. I tell myself it's right. I tell myself that it's the way I ought to be living, but I'm just one person. I'm not doing anything, really. My effect is as much as putting a, a vote into a ballot box, which I also do, and I also lament my ineffectual uh, placement in the cardboard uh, map that is the timeline of my life, that is a portion of the universe's string, which is the basic ingredient of the big pile of spaghetti that is causality, which is, oh brother, oh brother, I'm gonna have that tonight with some vodka sauce. Might not taste very good. Yet again, everything that happens in the world is so homogenous that the line of causality might not be too distinct from a line of spaghetti, spaghetto. One single spaghetto. And that is uh, no bullshit in here, cousin. That is a real word, spaghetto. <laughs> it's fun to say, too. Every Italian word is fun to say, especially if you're not Italian and if you're mocking them. Which, trust me, every mayor since uh, 1740, uh, every mayor of the, uh, New York City has been Italian. And... Um, that is just giving me so much apathy. I've, I've focused my, my thoughts on so many other things besides that, that I am pleased with it. Or am I? I don't care. I don't care about myself. I'm slowly killing myself. That's what I've been trying to say. And it's not a sad thing. No, don't feel pity for me. Don't, don't call me up saying, Seth, are you all right? Please don't. I am, I'm very all right. Things are going better for me than they do for most people. Uh, let's see here. Let, let me uh, take out my list. Um, uh, let me see here. Uh, I have a list of things that are going well for me. Ah. Oh, he's don't. I didn't think I'd do it very well. Um, I'm married. Yeah, first on the list, I am married. Well, this is lovely calligraphy. 
let me just place that on the table here because I, I need uh, to get my pointer, my Torah pointer. It's a, it's a fun little one that I got um, when I was having my uh, bar mitzvah uh, back when I was a child. I, uh, they, they said, here, take this silver rod or else you'll miss your place. And I said, well, no, I've been studying this Hebrew for 12 years now. Ever since I could study it, I, I know exactly what it is. I won't lose my place. And they said, well, God needs to fall along with you. And I said, everything you've described about God doesn't make him sound like he's all that precise. I mean, for goodness sakes, he lost place of everybody during Genesis. I mean, perhaps he was new to the game, but he should have been he should have been proper uh, prepared from the very beginning. And that's my opinion. Now he, um, him, and I have a personal relationship, and I every time I speak of that I say it quietly because I hope that it's still Genesis conditions, and that I might be able to get away with some of my, uh, as they say in uh, New England, didos. I like saying that word too because that is a Greek word and ever since I learned about the ethnicity of Hellenes I have been putting them under harsh scrutiny uh, Mykonos and Bithynos and, and Dionysus fancy I bring Dionysus the name Dennis comes from Dionysus. And the name Dimitri comes from Demeter. And the name Hank comes from uh, Helen. And that's why Hank and Helen created the universe. <laughs> no, you're, I keep saying this, and then you just keep looking at me with your hands on the table and your face slowly turning a deeper and deeper gray, and you're not ordering a beer. And I've been keeping this place open for 20 dang old minutes, and it's losing me money. The, currently, I've paid one cent for the electricity to run this place. I've been paying $2 for the rent to run this place, and now I'm going to sell you a $10 glass of beer. Are you saying that's too much? Oh, come now. Now, if you figure all the expenses... You're the, you're the only customer today. No, that's not true. You're the second customer today. I need to remember the things I say to people so that they don't, as they say, call me out. No, but enough of this. Here, let me uh, let me pour you uh, that one here. Oof, my goodness. I, I took one of the dusty glasses. This is what happened when I don't have a lot of customers. Um, let me get you a clean glass. I'm going to have to rinse this one out. Now, I'm going to have to go in the back because um, the sink isn't here. I, I, I forgot to have a sink installed in the front near the, uh, the beer spigot, which uh, that was an oversight on my part because I often find myself 
pouring out glasses of water for people who say, uh, oh, you, I, I just drank a beer. I just drank a very thick, awful beer. I need to, I need to wash down with water. And I said, I, I, no, you, I'm glad you're honest about how you feel about my beer, but I think it's better than awful. I, at least better than awful. I would want, always want to do better than awful. Do you still want that beer? I mean, you look like you're standing up. You look like you're uh, making way for the door, um, standing perpendicular to me uh, as to not offend me by showing me your back, but also to say I am on my way out of here and you have not made a purchase yet. I, um, I don't... I made perhaps you don't want beer, but why don't you, why don't you just pay me for the glass of beer that you didn't have, and we you can keep coming back every day in the morning. I remember I close at eight o'clock p.m. Uh, I can't stay up too late. I have to clean this place every night, and it takes me until midnight, and then I have to go to bed because I wake up at seven. And that's when the that's when the breakfast rush comes in, if you know what I mean. All those all those fellas, uh, you have no idea how many seventy year old men want a glass of Mac Adams Imperial Stout. You know, I, I think I might. Um, yeah, just give me that ten dollars, and I'll 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 drink your glass for me because I want to try this for the very first time. I want to try and see what this tastes like. Now that I think about it, maybe it's not all that fair that I've been pouring glass after glass of this and demanding people drink it with thunderous tones, and then I don't have, ever have it myself. Now let's see here. Oh wow, that is that is delicious. No wonder people have glass after glass of this stuff. This is. This is such a good beer. Eh? Uh, now, could I have that $10, please? Because you just purchased this glass of beer for me. Uh, oh, thank you. Thank you. This is, um, this is a very clever forgery of a $10 bill. But, you know, perhaps whoever I pay this bill to, the landlord of this place, perhaps, maybe they won't notice in spite of the fact that this is an old forgery and does not have the silver stamp on it. it that's the rub, perhaps. That's, uh, that's how they get away with it. This was before they stopped printing paper on, um, printing money on printer paper. That's uh, way before that time. It's, it's very crisp, too, for an old bill, which uh, that might be hard to explain also might fall apart in my pocket. Uh, so I'll have to be careful about that. Um, uh, no, no tip for this right here. Uh, I, um, you see, there's no heating in this building, so uh, it gets very cold at night. So I'd, I'd, I, um, I, do, I would appreciate an, at least a 20% tip for this. That would be, um, I'll do the math for you right there. That's $2. Just take away, uh, take away the 
zero right there. Take away the zero from the 20 and you get a two. Um, that's why I have the, uh, that's why I charge 20 to, uh, oof. well, not, not, I'm not that successfully, successfully yet, but that is why I charge each beer for $10 because they always want to say, well, I need to calculate this in my brain. No need, no need. Just uh, take that old zero out and then you won't be in the room anymore. Am I right? <laughs> Oh, sorry. Oh, you're gone already. Goodbye. Do I have, do I need, oh, is anybody else here? Is anybody else? Well, I suppose it's time to close up shop. Here, let me uh, turn off my electronic um, uh, cashier box here. Haven't got much use out of it recently, unfortunately, because everybody's been paying in that old cash. They always assume that uh, some old gentleman like myself wouldn't want a truck with uh, any dollar bills, or rather would, but I do. I do need that. Ah, uh, well, I hope you, you come back someday to the Jefferson Avenue way station. I wish that uh, you could hear my goodbye. I wish you weren't already going out the door, but uh, you'll have to hear me in the quietness of distance before I'll be still talking. I'll be speaking when you lay your head to rest. My voice will still be bounced around. That energy will be preserved even after the slow heat death of this universe. Now, I will clean up this place and go to bed. Good night.